Hello, everyone. Kent Clothier Sr. here. Welcome to the Experience Matter podcast. Um, we're going to go part B today of uh, challenges for real estate investors, part two, part B, whatever we're going to call it here. It's going to get into some things that we talked about in the previous episode about challenges for today's real estate investor, whether you are owning your company, whether you're going to be doing turnkey properties as passive or an active real estate investor. So again, we want to welcome you today and remind that you can find us on the memphisinvest.com website. There you'll find the video and the audio. Also on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes, you will find the Experience Matters podcast. Um, we are about on episode 28, and today I think we have over 25,000 views, followers on our podcast, and for that, we thank you very much. We hope that we can bring you, continue to bring you good content. Uh, today, I'm uh, my guest and hosted by Kevin Hamel, always with us on most of our uh, podcast. Kevin, are you there today? I'm here. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us today. Glad to be back. And then my youngest son, Brett Clothier, that works in Memphis Invest with us. And hello, Brett. Thank you for joining us today. Good to be here. Yes. So I got these gentlemen. They're going to help us today kind of go through this uh, second edition of some of the challenges that may be out there for real estate investors that maybe we can help you uh, through this minefield of things that we've experienced over the last 15 years and make your journey a little bit easier. So with that, let me open it up. I got a few little things I want to throw out that I, I think we need to talk today about a little bit about the timing, a little bit about the location, a little bit about your price, a um, little bit about starting a down market, a little bit about some basic things like interest rate, insurance, taxes, maintenance, and then helping you to select a, uh, a turnkey passive company if that's what you decide to get into. So again, welcome everybody, and uh, let me jump into this. Uh, Kevin, you want to kind of get us started here this afternoon today? Well, it's interesting you said a down market. There's probably some people that are listening to this have gotten started. They don't even know what a down market is because there hasn't been one in so long. So um, the, the big boom of this business really hit when the market was, was down. And it's the foundation set for the growth that we've experienced. So uh, as far as timing goes, um, I think where I'd probably start is just opportunity in any market. Maybe that's something the three of us can shed a little light on for the person out there listening that wants to start building a portfolio or add to their existing. Um, given that we are in a pretty hot market everywhere, and uh, we all hope that obviously that keeps up. So. That's good. When we started, we actually started in the down market here back uh, 14, 15 years ago. And we actually went through the recession market and were able to scale the business, luckily. And But the one thing that we didn't have to have when we were doing that was banks. We had uh, some of our own money and some private money as we went through that minefield of uh, the recession there and came out on the other side and pretty good. But... Um, I think that a lot of people will tell you that a lot of the experts out there, I think, would tell you that it's not a good thing to be starting in a down market. 
and I probably couldn't agree with more on that. More is just having a plan as you go through that down market. And when we we started, we saw the recession coming in, the banks pulling back, which we never were, even in the beginning, very re, uh, reliable. We didn't rely on the banks a whole lot, and we had raised some other <clears throat> private funds. So, Brett, any thoughts on uh, a couple of those things as we get started here? Not yet. I'll jump in on that one, Kent, because I, I think if you have a good – you said the word plan, and if you have a good enough plan, I'm not really sure it matters when you get started. It's really more about when you plan to exit. So it, our clients usually have a longer-term strategy, um, which I think Brett was the one that said in Episode 1, you're, you're letting a renter pay the house down for you, pay the mortgage off for you, and so as long as you're not planning on trying to sell when the market does swing – I'm not really sure that there's as big a risk of trying to figure out where the market is. Just get in, get the property finished, get it occupied, collect that rent for years and years and years, pay that mortgage down, save a little bit on the side for when you have the other things you just talked about, interest expense, taxes, the insurance goes up like we saw this year, uh, given last year's national disasters and, and all that stuff. So um, I think it comes back to that plan you talked about. Very good. I'm going I'm to get Brett to talk to us a little bit about buying here because one of the things he's responsible for is, is okaying all the purchases that we make. And, of course, that comes back to the, the price, that comes back to the timing, that comes back to the, the location and some of the things that he has to keep in mind with a team that we have out there over two or three cities buying properties each and every day. So, Brett, talk for a second about the pricing and the location and a little bit about the timing of purchases as we, as a new person would, would uh, venture into this real estate investor market. As Kevin said, you know, you, as a real estate investor, you got to be looking at what your goal is when you go to buy real estate. For me personally, it's just accumulation of assets. Uh, as Kevin said, I'm not really worried about anything else other than getting in, getting the property owned, getting it financed and getting a tenant in there that's going to pay down that note for me. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not looking at the cash flow that I'm trying to make or the return that I'm trying to make. I'm trying to accumulate a collection of assets that one day are hopefully worth millions and millions of dollars. And my, uh, my lifespan on that is a lot longer than other people's because I'm a little bit younger, but only being 33. Somebody who's 50, 60, 70 that's just getting into real estate, their uh, time frame may be a little different. Um, but for me, that's, that's what my goal is. And I think that's important for somebody to start out. They gotta, first of all, you got you to gotta figure out your why, of why you're even buying in the first place. A lot of people don't even know. And if you don't know, then... I would suggest don't even start. We have some people that, you know, they may go read a course or go to, or read a book, go to a seminar, download a course, and they just think they just need to buy and they don't really know what the purpose is. And then a year later, they've spent all their savings. They've bought all these houses and they're in over their head and they didn't even, they shouldn't have even been a real estate investor in the first place. Uh, so for, for me, when talking to people, it's you got to figure out your why, why you're in this, why you're doing what you're doing. And then Again, as we discussed last week, whether you go active or passive, if you go active, you got to look at areas, different socioeconomic uh, factors in certain cities. And then if you're a turnkey company, as I said last week, you got to go, go get on the ground, go inspect what you expect and make sure you know who you're working with. 
Very good. Kevin, you want to pile on that anywhere? Well, you know, I think, Brett, you have 45 properties now. Yep. Um, And one of the things I know, I've heard you speak about your portfolio enough that that your plan is just to have those become debt-free as soon as possible. You use leverage to get them, but you're also using the excess cash flow to pay down that debt much more quickly than just writing out a 30-year mortgage on those. So that's part of the plan as well is um, you want that to throw off some amount of income and wealth for you at the end of some defined time period. So I think that's key to one of the things Brett said. If that's your strategy is to build a portfolio, define your time frame, not only for your exit, but also how, how quickly uh, or how far down the road you can push needing the income from those properties. I think that's going to be one of the major factors. And let's say that you were going to start your own portfolio passively, then I think it's important that you research companies that would do that for you that have a turnkey program, which would include helping you locate the property, uh, the renovation process, and having the house renovated, and of course managing it for you. Because that's really what the passive real estate side is. And of course you need to whatever market you decide to buy in, be looking at the companies in that market. One, the passive real estate investor company. Two, do they own the property management company? Three, how successful they've been in the property management business. And your list just goes on and on with things of due diligence that you need to do, especially if you're going to build a portfolio of one, five, ten houses. And what are some of the policies and procedures of the property management company? on serving you as a passive investor. Uh, how much communication are they gonna have with you? How quick are they gonna get you paid? How do they handle the, ma- the maintenance? Do you handle your own taxes? Do you handle your own insurance? Some of the things that you have to get involved with as you get out there and buying your first property or, your, or what, whatever number it is. You have to do a lot of due diligence, a lot of homework. I know in our office, uh, we have visitors all the time that come here to see us, to sit down with us, to talk to our people, to check all the boxes and see if we're really who we say we are. Uh, they want to meet our team. They want to see the operation. They want to talk about uh, houses and locations and property management and customer service and maintenance and all the things that we do, can do for them, things that we can't do for them to make their uh, investment uh, exactly what they thought it was going to be. So. Uh, as you get out there and you take a look at becoming a uh, passive real estate investor, there's a lot of boxes that you have to check before you jump out there and buy that first house. And we would tell you that whether you're buying from us or anybody else, that do your homework no matter what city you're in. And Kevin said something really important a minute ago is know what your plan is, know what your exit strategy is, know what your expectations are and how all that's going to come come to fruition for you over a year, two years, or five years. Kevin? Yeah, on top of that, you said earlier, one, three, five, ten, whatever the, I think we should probably take a second to just scare people off of one, because one is a disaster. One one gets you, um, and I know I've heard Chris say this so many times, but you're either extremely happy or you're miserable, depending on what's going on with that one house. So. You really do, for a long-term strategy, need to need to have a plan to build a portfolio so you absorb risk, especially with a company like ours where you have five, six, seven markets. I don't think we fully disclosed uh, on the podcast yet where the next cities are, but we 
our clients know we're going to other cities. Um, keeping your activity with one company but spread around to multiple markets uh, can help you spread that risk around too. So um, the risk of one house going vacant when you own one is worse than the risk of one house going vacant when you own five. Yeah, we just changed recently in the last 60 days, 90 days, where we don't, we don't sell one house to an investor anymore. And they have to be able to show that they have the wherewithal to buy two houses, preferably three houses, to at least get started. And today we have probably about 300 investors that own more than five houses. So that's how you uh, uh, build wealth over time. Again, caution everybody that no part of this real estate is get rich quick. It's uh, build wealth over time. You'll have more successes than you do failures, but you will have things that won't go exactly right on anything you buy, whether you buy get into a stock market or you get into real estate. There's always things that uh, might not be go exactly as planned. Uh, Brett, thoughts on the on the one house versus two houses? I know you have 45, so thoughts on that? I just think it goes back to people have to do their homework and have to get educated. They have to realize that real estate investing, even if you invest passively, is not something you can do part-time. Uh, it takes a lot of time, energy, and effort from the education to go in and meet people to evaluating the deals that you're being, you're being sent to the closing process to with our company answering the phone each month and talking to the customer service representative so you can be abreast of what's going on with your property and not left in the dark. And I think too many people uh, out there get sucked into these schemes and companies out there that tell you that it's going to be easy and you don't have to do a thing. And then they look up and they buy a property that's not rehabbed. It's in a war zone. They didn't realize where it was. Uh, so to me, it just goes back to education. Hey, Brett, take yourself. So you own 45. You're a part of, owner of this company. Obviously, real estate and property management. Take yourself and put yourself in the shoes of someone just getting started. And, and let's say it's not in one of our markets. So let's say they're not going to be working with MIPS Invest. Um, what advice would you give the brand new investor on how to vet out the property, how to vet out the management company? Obviously, both being two major factors in their success. Yeah, like I said uh, last week, the first thing I would do is I would go to whatever city that is, even if it's in your own backyard or whether it's out of town. Make that investment of your time and your money to go out there, spend some time with your boots on the ground. Don't rely on what other people tell you and or what you read on a website or a magazine or a newspaper. You have to go out there and you have to see it for yourself and you have to get a comfort level of the people that you're working with because at the end of the day, you're going to be writing a really big check and somebody else is going to be doing all the work for you most likely. So to me, you have to go meet the person. You have to, you have to do your due diligence. You know, most of our investors get home inspections. I definitely would do that. Um, uh, in any other type of homework that I could do on the property, I would, I, I wouldn't simply just do one quick Google search and do it. I would, I would, I would want to do a lot. Okay. Well, we can't, I guess we can't talk enough about, and we have a lot of investors with us that have never seen their property. But we've built up a reputation over the last 10 or 15 years, and we invite people to come in and look at their property before they buy it, certainly after they buy it, which they still do. Um, and Brett said, we use the word inspect what you expect a few minutes ago. And it's probably so important that you take a look at what you're buying, that you know the city, that you know the rent ratio of the, of the population there, how many renters, how many buyers, 
what's going on in the city? Do, the, do they are the rents going to be able to go up? How many years of a lease did they sign? Uh, is there an automatic uh, renewal on the on the property? How does that property management company handle move outs? How do they handle renewals? Uh, there is a lot of questions. Do they do timely inspections of your property? Some property managers do, some don't. We don't do a whole lot of that. Um, so there's a lot of questions that as you get into the real estate market as a new investor, once you get past securing your funds and make the commitment to go forward and you line up uh, a line of credit or financing or whatever you're doing, and then you start the process of taking a look at it at a passive company and a property management company in a city. And then you get to the location and you start looking at the structure and the property, home inspection. Kevin? Well, it's interesting that that's part of Brett's answer is that he would go. And you followed up with exactly what I was about to say. So for those who don't know, part of my responsibility is raising the money that we use to operate our company, managing that money with a, a team here in the office. I talk to a lot of bankers. I meet a lot of private investors that want to lend money. And that's the one thing that they're the most shocked about when I tell them that less than 50% have probably come to actually see their house that they own that we manage. Um, but it took us a long time to, to achieve that. I don't know. Maybe this is a good question for you, Kent. Early on, I would imagine most people wanted to touch it and feel it early on until they figured out, all right, these guys are legit and they're doing it the right way. And so then that word starts to spread. How, how far into the game was that where people just said, hey? Well, we really didn't even realize it, probably, quite frankly. And we got into three or four years and then realized that we were selling a lot of properties uh, to people at when we traveled to New York or L.A. or to Dallas. And we have an event even here at the Embassy Suite. We go over here and sell 30 properties. And at one time we were doing bus tours and then we kind of pulled back as we earned the opportunity to sell properties to people and they, uh, we earned their trust and they realized that our uh, reputation, credibility, and integrity are the most important things to us and that we were going to be a, a, a good partner with them and we were going to value their asset and we were going to take care of it and we were passionate about protecting the investor and doing what's right for them and uh, to this day we still have those beliefs and that's embedded in our culture that we are going to do the right thing. Our number one interest is the success of the real estate investor. And maybe other companies are out there that are like that, but I don't know if anybody, uh, a lot of people talk about it. I think we, I think we walk the walk on that and uh, we want to do what's best for them. We want to do what's best for our vendors. We want to do what's best for our employees. We want to do what's best for our residents. And, uh, uh, we're really passionate about that as from a uh, real estate investment company. Yeah, so if you're a, another company like us out there listening, then the early on it was a mix of us going to them in the markets where they are, the clients coming to us, we do an events here. There was some sales at, at the original events we do. Now there's no sales. It's all education. It's all kind of qualifying. Um, so that, that's been a shift that we've had over the – over the last few years, but I remember, I don't know if it was Chris or you that said on the last one, there's a lot of people out there that'll just say they're doing it. And so what you do that I doubt anybody else out there has the guts to do is they put prospective clients in the room with existing clients and let them have time to, you know, be honest with each other. We have no 
We have no secrets. We know we're not perfect, but we know we're pretty good, and we have room for improvement. And whenever we put our our new investors in the room with our existing investors, they're going to talk, and we like that. And uh, because again, we try and thrive on making that experience for our investors nothing but excellent, and that's what we strive for. And uh, yeah, we try to do that every day. Again, we're not perfect. We're we have things that we can do better every single day, but you have to go out there and pick the right venue for you, whatever type of investment you're doing. And again, we talked about, you could start your own real estate company, which we've had people that come in here and talk to us about doing that in other cities. And we have investors that come in that want to get started in uh, a company like ours from a passive side. And then we have investors that come in and say, hey, I can do this on my own. I can find my own houses, I can renovate my own houses, and I can manage my own houses. And that certainly can be done. It's a little bit slower process on getting to where you want to get to, and especially if you have a job. And then, of course, there's the people that want to walk off their job and become a real estate investor, which I, I strongly urge people not to do that until <laughs> you are set up and I wondered firmly, where you're going. firmly in position for success and have experienced some of the ups and downs of being a real estate investor investor before you walked off, walk off with that good job with all those benefits and uh, vacations and insurance and 401k. Yeah, but you're certainly not saying don't don't be willing to get out there and take the no, risk because that's, that's the beginning of your story. So Yep, you, got to, you have to have the vision and the, and the ready to accept the challenges and, and, and put in the hours and, and, the, uh, and the time to do that. So... Um, Kevin and Brett, what else on this topic today? Brett, Sean? I'm good. Kevin? Good stuff. Just have a good plan. Work with good people. I think uh, if you do those two things, obviously, and if your plan is set up for success, then you should do all right. And, again, don't hesitate. If you have, it, if you have the uh, entrepreneurial spirit and you want to get out there and you're willing to put in the time, if you're willing to put in the time, then you can, do, you can be a successful real estate investor you just have to go back and listen to both of these sessions here and there's a lot of good content in there about before you step out there and things to do and uh again uh we want to thank you for being part of our uh of our episode today brett thank you kevin thank you I want to remind you that the experience matters podcast you can find us on uh memphisinvest.com stitcher soundcloud and itunes and we look forward to the next episode Thank you for joining us today. Have a great day.